Hello, and welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and joining me aboard the bridge are Andrea, John, Sucky, and Lindsay. On this episode, we are reviewing the finale of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, All Good Things. Uh, we'll be putting some marks out of five on this, or lights, rather. Uh, we'll be reading out your feedback to the story, voting for this week's red shirt and having some daft shenanigans along the way so i am gonna absolutely hump this lever and let's warp into this i don't know what you guys think so i'm gonna ask you uh, what your feelings are towards this did you watch it on original transmission is it new to you and has your thoughts changed over the years i'll come to you first andrea give me your first vibes please Right, I'm going to be a, a strong defender of this episode. Um, I don't know what the people's initial vibes are, but um, I think it's it's at the end of seven seasons. Um, and I think season seven is a bit of a mixed bag because I think when it gets it right, it gets it really right. Mm. And when it's like desperately running out of plot ideas, it gets sub rosa, um, which I will also defend for very different reasons. Um, so I think sort of it was probably the right point to stop, but also you're writing a finale for something you know is going to continue in films. So you cannot really make anything overly final because otherwise it's going to look like nonsense very, very quickly. So I think it was challenging to kind of write it as a finale. Mm. Um, but I think if you just look at it as an episode of Star Trek, I think it's a bloody good one. Um, and I know that the, the term fan wank has, has come up in some feedback, um, but <laughs> it does seem to be that when something is fan wank, I tend to really like it. Yeah. Yeah, no, cool. It's a fairly positive from you. Lovely. John? Uh, it is fan wank, but it is uh, acceptable fan wank uh, <laughs> because it was the last episode. And I think it did a great job of showing all the things that we love about Star Trek and especially Next Generation in that one episode encapsulated. And I think even though some people might complain there's a little bit much Picard in it, Picard was the heart and soul of the show. And so it's only right that he gets to excel. Uh, which he does in this last episode. Oh, the story's rocking. It's a rocking story as well. Mm. I loved it. It's pure Star Trek. It's a great way to finish. Oh, very positive. It's okay. Mm. Yes, my my memory of this is I remember getting the copy of this before it was shown over here. Of course you did. I did, yeah. This is the back of the, <laughs> This is all on VHS, though. And uh, I remember watching this and I devoured it. It was just brilliant because it it, was, it did have a nostalgic feel to it. The water, uh, and you just, so many things on there that were so familiar. And, uh, you know, the term came along, which is fan wank. And you, you can't argue with it. It was fan wank. And I really enjoyed watching this fan mm, wank yeah. again. Right. So, yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very, very positive for me. I think if you're a fan, you always enjoy fan wank, don't you? Uh, Lindsay. Yeah, I am. Um, I think it's always wow. hard to come wow. up with things. <laughs> no, no, I mean. <laughs> so I'm, I'm genuinely not particularly derisory about it. Like I don't hate it. Like I'm not going to drag it over the coals. I think I think you were right. I think finales are really hard. Um, and I think particularly when they knew already, or I, I suspect the fans knew that we were going to get films. So it wasn't really the finale. It was just the finale of this kind of bit of the story. Um, yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I, it's a bit odd. Like there are definitely like, and I have so I have some bones with it, which we'll discuss. Like, people uh, shitting in it. 
<laughs> Where's the toilets? Why is there no one drinking water? We know your issues, Lindsay. Well, I'm going to say that's less than tepid from you after some very positive... What? No. I don't hate it. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad end, like a bad finale. I'm just compared saying... Compared to the other two or three that's just come before you, it yeah. is very tepid. That's text, yeah. textbook tepid. Tepid, that? yeah. That's the example in the dictionary of tepid. Okay. Lindsay's yeah. review of all good things are vibe rather not review because we're not in deep yet. Uh, do you know what? I... I I watched this, so I bought, I think I mentioned before, I bought all the Next Generation on these remastered Blu-rays. Loved them, watched them quite in quite quick succession. Uh, and then I got to the, this was like after hours and what well, days of watching TNG in, its, in this beautiful remastered glory, I got to the finale and I was um, left disappointed. Um, but I, I, I was trying to think of a TV show which has done a finale. I've gone, you know, that you've loved it's. I think having doing the finale, it's just hard. You know what do people want? Um, so since I have, I've been back and watched it, I watched the finales of all uh, like well, best DS9, um, PNG and Voyager just randomly a little while ago. Uh, but I got me dusted off my Blu-ray collection, put this in, and I absolutely fucking loved it. Um, the term fan mag didn't even actually occur to me until you said, but absolutely is. Uh, but I, yeah, just just brilliant. And I think um, with Picard, after having obviously now seen Picard in hindsight kind of thing, um, it's added a lot more to it. So, so yeah, very positive from uh, most of us. Uh, maybe less than tepid from one. This could be an exciting review, but to get your taste buds <laughs> are tickling and your ears, ears are twitching, I'm going to stick in a trailer. The trial never ended, Captain. It's time to put an end to your trek through the stars. The past, the present, and the future are on a collision course as Star Trek The Next Generation's epic series finale, All Good Things, comes to life on Blu-ray. I'm moving back and forth through time. Oh, well, that tickled me. Uh, all Good Things, Star Trek TNG, the finale. Uh, Lindsay, I'm going to come to you because you were... Uh, slightly less than tepid so we're going to kick off with with some of these negative thoughts that you have on your paper no, I, like i don't i don't think they're all that negative like they're like they're just i think are they, are they when pernicity? you come to a final when you're not pernicity, yes i think when you haven't been on the journey like i haven't done a or like a full rewatch of tng in a while oh. um and therefore maybe i'm just not in the the right headspace um, some of it, my major, like there are some bits that are lovely. Like I love the fact that, that Data's at, at Cambridge and particularly that he's not at Oxford. I think that's really funny. Um, like there are lots of lovely, lovely bits in there, lots of good touches. Though I hadn't realised the Worf Deanna thing was this late on. Like I knew it was a thing, but I thought it was kind of like a season five thing that then like vanished into the depths of history because it's awful. I was just going to say like Why? It's, no, I don't like it either. It always felt a bit forced and slightly cringy. Like we need to like throw some people together. Like oh, there's two people. Like it, it, it just came out of nowhere to me. Mm. Um, and it also leads to the fact that particularly in the future bit of the story, they like the ice Diana Troy. They kill her off for the plot development of two male characters. So that's fifty percent, fifty percent of their two, of their women. They kill off fifty percent of their women, 
None of the men. Fifty percent of the women. Um, yeah. Like I like I just it's not great now. Again, it's of its time. Like it's classic TNG. Like I'm not surprised that they did it because TNG gave the like awful plot lines to Diana and Crusher. Um, like the Crusher, the current timeline is wearing so much makeup. It's slightly insane. Like there's a. a like a two-way beauty shot thing where you're getting like a close-up of Picard's face and Patrick Stewart looks phenomenal because, you know, they do a really good job yeah. of that. And then next to him, like Beverly Crusher looks like she's wearing three inches of foundation. <laughs> now, yeah. Welcome yeah, and that's 90s. a bit 90s. Welcome to the 80s and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Um, and my, probably my biggest bone of contention, and again, this is very much something that we wouldn't do now, I hope, but was of the area. They used a miscarriage as a plot point like it like a, a like a plot like it's just weird like yeah the whole like there are just moments that made me go oh really really I mean, um but, but you know as a final, like it's not awful by any stretch but there are, it's emotive isn't it i think yeah that is very emotive yeah yeah so that was is there a problem with that you're not allowed to mention them is that what you're saying no no you can't you're you not allowed to exist in fiction is that what you're saying absolutely not all right, Absolutely, cool. categorically not. But they shouldn't be treated as like a a throwaway that is being discussed openly in the middle of a sick bay, like where a physician is moving away from a patient that has gone through a traumatic experience to have a conversation. Like the whole thing was, it just it felt very throwaway, and that that is something that I hope we wouldn't do now. Um, I see, yeah, I see, like I, like see I say, I don't hate it at all. I think, I think Patrick Stewart is phenomenal. Um, I think you're right, it is a vehicle for Picard, but actually, you know, the end game is a vehicle for Janeway. It's not unusual. And time travel allows you to have different groups of characters working together um, mm. and to still have that principal character working in all the groups. Because um, again, you see it in end game. Um, and I think that's great. I think it's really nicely done. And nobody can ever critique that final scene like the poker scene is fantastic it's perfect for me yeah it's beautifully jo- joins done. them after after seven years not enough women in that scene oh fuck <laughs> off do you know what i like about that though it's not like i really didn't want an overblown sentimental speech it's yeah. quite understated yeah. sort of 90s tv there wasn't some big like speech to the whole crew or anything like it was just it was just a small like Patrick Stewart does a lot in it like one look um and I felt like that was like that could have been like really like horrible like and sort of drawn out and overly soppy um and I think they tried to like it is a little bit sentimental and I did have something in my eye but Lindsay's gonna challenge something here no no not at all so all I'm gonna say is that they did it very cleverly because you did get the sentimental speech but you got it from the Picard in the past going you like we may not know each other but I know you're the best crew yeah. in the fleet like he gives that speech he just gives it to the version of the crew that he's only just met and or, or the few of them that are there um, and Denise Crosby who like it's just everywhere all the time. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just don't like her very much. They keep bringing what? her back. I know a bloody, a bloody woman, she, a woman on screen I, so much. I, it's terribly I, I do, Star Trek. I do think she's a shit actress. I've got to be she honest. That's my problem. Yes. And to be fair, her part, her original part, was poorly written. So therefore, she's she's lumbered with all that. Um, but the other thing that is so beautifully done is in that poker scene, um, the Diana's Diana's comment, which says, "You were always welcome." Because again, it's not modelling. It's not. 
because like Picard's just like, oh, I should have done this earlier. And she's just like, no, like, and yeah, and he, yeah, you would have always been welcome. I think it's just that acknowledgement that even if they haven't been socialising like this, it doesn't mean that there wasn't already that bond. Mm. Um, and I love that. I think that's incredibly well done. This, this, uh, this series for me, this finale for me, I should say, I, I th- when I first uh, knew that this series, I thought coming to an end, I thought this was going to be like a big big massive thing where all the crew got together and everything but this is more picard focused but the whole crew had things to do through the through the time periods and they all everything was even though it was picard focused the crew did have their moments within this episode and they all pulled towards picard because picard was he was the the centerpiece of the, this episode and everybody knew what he was like from the present onwards to the future because they knew what he was like and so they followed his orders but that past sequence where uh, Lindsay says that this is the beginning of their journey together and nobody would there'd all be questions sort of uh, things whatever he was doing uh, because he was like uh, he was making decisions without explaining himself you'd expect the crew to maybe just go What's going on here? Mutiny, maybe just turn. But the way he handles it, and the Amazing. way he turns around, and it says, as Lindsay says, that line, that that little speech, which uh, he comes out and says, right, uh, to the to Tasha Wharf, who else was there? Data, O'Brien, right. So they were all there. First time he's met them, maybe only less than less than a few days on that ship, and they all follow him into that anomaly, right? And they they, they just. I think that sort of encapsulates the whole thing with Star Trek is that they will follow their captain. But, but Whether also, it's Kirk, Cisco, whatever, they will just follow their captain to whatever they've got to get. That was, that was really well played. And, and we all know Patrick Stewart is an incredible actor. But, you, you know, you got that, you, you sort of got it that he just suddenly zapped into the past and he was there completely brand new and was a bit unsure as to what's going on. He's going through this time travelling um, this, uh, and then it was so believable and strong and Picard when he gave that speech that you were like, yeah, I'd run, you know, I'd, I'd die for, you know, for the cause with him, you know, in charge of his and all that. I just, I thought that was a, a brilliant. He's just great, Patrick Stewart, and and everyone was acing it. Brent Spiner got his comedy like Cambridge thing, or uh, you know, Sherlock. <laughs> it Holmes, looks he, like a skunk. It's and uh, it's brilliant. The badger stripe is a thing. It's brilliant. I just absolutely love it, and I love seeing like, well, the you know the the old architecture with the new. They think that's really nice as well. Can we just discuss CGI Cambridge? And I think the Cockney wifey tea lady. <laughs> it needs like a like Star Trek's review on Mrs Doyle, like dishing out the cuppers. Um, I'm also slightly concerned about the number of cats in that room. I mean, it looked lovely, but it's got a stink of cat piss, hasn't it? I mean, it's not like... I don't know how, like, Space Mrs Doyle's, like, coping with it. Do you think that's all holograms, though? It's got to be all holograms. It's it's Data's idea of a Cockney tea lady, and he's decided to make... That woman, it's not. It is a hologram, isn't it? That that yeah. room was a hologram, wasn't it? The whole room was a hologram. hologram cat. Oh. Yeah, hologram. Cats. But they fucking love cats in Star Trek, don't they? Every, every time. Only there's, there's, there's cat. No, but there's cats in the, in uh, Picard as well. There's a cat in there or something. And, there's a uh, dog in Picard as well. And yeah, Enterprise has a very impressive dog. It's like got, a main character. They've just got great. Just love animals, don't they? In the well, they look, we love animals now, don't we? So it just continues into the future. I love animals, apparently. <laughs> 
I suspect that the Cockney Tea Lady was like, I think it's a Sherlock Holmes nod, actually. Yeah. Because when you think about, oh, what's she called? Mrs. Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. Hudson. Not, yeah. your t- not your landlord, or not, not your, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it was a little Sherlock Holmes kind of like, fantasy he had a smoking jacket and he's, uh, he's Cockney Tea Lady. But yeah, I think she deserves a, a shout out as the the worst cockney in star trek absolutely <laughs> just saying quite a lot really like i do like there's a bit of me that feels like they could have like put him at some random polytechnic and that would have been really funny um but t- it would only be funny if you knew that it was in fact a polytechnic i'll tell you what i mean it'd be funny if he, he was uh, head of computing at teesside poly that would have been amazing. <laughs> it's a university Aberté, Aberté, i'm telling you teesside i know a university I, not a polytechnic john I there are no polytechnics <laughs> Um, you were, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, I just want to get this out. I love the fact it bookends from the first episode of the first series uh, of this trial that Q's doing. And obviously seeing Q again is just incredible. By far, my favourite adversary, probably even more than the Borg in Star Trek. I just absolutely love him. I love the performance of, uh, what's he called, Sucky? John Delancey. There you go, that man there. Um, it's just we, incre- we, we do have to acknowledge that, like, and, and like I, I love John Delancey as Q as well. Um, but seven years is like a blink of an eye to like an omnipotent, like, um, uh, eternal being. Like, this idea that they think humanity is going to have changed in seven years is insane. Like, but, but I think it's for us, the viewer, to go, oh, wow, shit, they're being judged for all this all this television we've just watched for seven years, and there's a lot of it. Oh, my God, he's been judging it all along. I, I, it was just great. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I'm not going to mention the angry little dwarf as well, which was amazing in the field. Oh, it scared me. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. Because it, it's proper, tri- a bit trippy, isn't it? Because he's tr- sort of trying to work out what's going on. Then you've got them people from that courtroom or whatever it is, you know, being angry in his things, you know, and one was a dwarf, which is scary. It scared me, not because he's a dwarf, just because it was quite a scary. I have uh, really, I have literally written impending dwarf gate too. Right, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to mention it, but it just it came into but my head. You couldn't help yourself. I couldn't you? help it, Lizzie. I couldn't help it, Andrea. So, I, I, as I might have mentioned before, I, I do have a. A warm spot for Q, especially in his red love of the gloves. Um, and he is, he is at his finest when he's been a dick. And I think at some times they kind of used him as a bit of a figure of fun. And I think he kind of went back to having a little bit more edge in this episode. Um, and I think at, the, at certain points, um, uh, not looking at Voyager or anything too, sort of in fear of Lindsay or killers, um, I think they kind of. He became increasingly silly, and even in TNG, he became increasingly like a bit of a daft. Like he'd turn up because he's basically Picard's stalker, um, and, and it almost alludes that because Data kind of jumps in and basically says that Picard's the dog in the relationship, um, which is quite odd. Um, but I think he's. I think he, on the downside, he does that whole Bond villain thing of basically giving the plot away. Like he can't shut up. He's like just like he might as well just write it on a whiteboard and go, "That's the answer." Because um, he does kind of hold the hands through it because he kind of wants that to work. Um, I think he has some good lines in this. I'm slightly concerned at one point that like it's a moment where I, fe- I feared they were going to go down the crossroads route and it was all a dream. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, never yeah. ended, and it's going to be like, "Poof, we're back in episode one," um, which would have been fucking. 
renders. Um, I think he mentioned that line, Trek Through the Stars, which is before they kind of mentioned Star Trek and, and kind of fully name check it in first contact, which I think was quite good. But yeah, I, I quite like the idea that Q was being a bit more of a dick. Um, but also, I suppose, with Picard coming up, the, the trial never ended. Those lines are kind of coming back and it has kind of hyped us up for that a little bit. Mm. And there's a point where he's dressed as like an old band with his like little horn thing to listen. And I'm thinking, is he going to appear like that in Picard? Is that going to be how he's like kind of disguised himself? And I think I'll be quite amused by that. Well, I, I got the impression that Q was like, it was the continuum that was doing this trial and Q yeah. had been forced to deal with it. That's the, my impression was that he was basically trying to help him through because he's a rebel. He's the Q that is the rebel mm. of the Q people. Um, yeah. Go on, Suki. No, I was just going to say, as John says, it, I think, as it says, it's Q, but uh, there's a reference, as uh, uh, Lindsay says, the, uh, sorry, Andrea said, the master and his yes, pet. Yes, he's done it again. Every oh, master and his pet. <laughs> it's master. not even on purpose. It's completely accidental. It's amazing. Generic woman host says. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was it, Suki? <laughs> Uh, the blonde-haired one, <laughs> right? <laughs> says, right? That the the it's the master and his pet, right? So, so he's there. Uh, Q is looking after his own pet, and that's his pro like pet project basically. And he's making sure that he doesn't. If he, if they wink out of existence, he's got nothing else to do. Maybe he maybe he hasn't got anybody anything else to do. Right, so he needs that sort of uh, interaction with the humans to carry on. This project. I mean, Q uh, Q is a character. I always get worried with uh, a massively overpowered, uh, well, hero or adversary, which Q is. But they, they do it. They, they do it really well with Q um, to make it sort of a bit cleverer than just a massively powerful being. Um, yeah, he's kind of. I, it's, well, it's the way he's written and the way he's played that it's kind of like a play thing he's trying to understand it and I don't know there's something just quite endearing about that as well um, yeah because it could it could well be over, overly powerful like Superman do you know what I mean I'm not a fan of Superman he's too powerful John you've been a bit quiet so I'm going to come to you uh, I completely agree about Q being a bit more edgy because he was getting ridiculous as the series went on and on uh, and to see him back at the kind of like, he actually, you get the sensation of actual peril out of him rather than just uh, whim, whimsy that he's doing. Um, and I think that the the scene on the on Earth three billion years, whatever, in the past, uh, the amino acid thing and all that, um, that little moment, that was, I thought that was really good. I thought that was a nice bit of pure sci-fi that we were seeing there being on there. Mm. Lindsay? What I really loved about that is the idea that humanity accidentally wipes themselves out of existence through time feels very believable. Um, like this idea that we cock something up in the future that the less said about anti-time the better, but like it, it, like it felt like, you know, humanity was wiped out of existence from all history because of something humanity did. Feels very on, on brand for us. Um, it does. This episode does have some of the worst techno babble, like yeah, I have ever come across. Yeah, I've, I've written. I've written techno babble turned up to eleven on this episode. 
It was. Um, it's just. I was watching. All a, about. I was watching a documentary on the on the on the Blu-ray. There was some documentaries about stuff, and it was quite interesting. One of them was that they had actual scientists that worked for them to try and keep the science as realistic as possible. But by this time, it had just gone absolutely insane, and it was nothing science scene. They were just making up stuff and then adding words onto it and just making it ridiculous. Andrea, I've just written down. Three cheers for the good old spatial anomaly. <laughs> because that just like you can pretty much like throw anything, just call it a spatial anomaly. Like you don't really need to to know any further than that, do you? It's just it's a thing. Something weird in space. <laughs> exactly. Like the weird space. Yeah, but like that's okay. Like I'll take that. Like I will absolutely take like a weird spatial anomaly. But like I do feel like anti-time is like a step too far. And the number of times that time gets said particularly towards the end of the episode, is it just gets like time, 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 time. Um, I've got a question. Uh, go on, Andrea, before I start asking my question. Uh, I was just going to say, like, on a slightly different note, um, I quite like the fact that Geordie turned up at, at sort of Shadow Picard and stuff, and it did maybe kind of want to see Geordie in, in, in Picard and, and see him back and stuff. But can we just talk about how the fuck... Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
did not close look up, quite a Close look. up when he's in the 10 forward, that looked quite good makeup for Star Trek old makeup quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he was on the when he was on the view screen, I thought, who the fuck's done that makeup? It looks terrible. <laughs> did Andrea? Yeah. Just in terms of that kind of aging up the crew, which is a bit of a Star Trek trope, but like like Patrick Stewart, it's like he's a beard and a hat and just like, you know, sort of like, like bend your back a bit. But like for like Gates, they made Gates look about 500. Like, and it's like if you look at Gates now, she looks about 40 years younger than they made her yeah. look in this. And it, it, it was quite interesting really. like, yeah, Patrick, just put a hat on she, and glue a bit of facial hair on, it'll be fine. Uh, but they really went to town on like the turf neck and stuff and it was like yeah yeah she, look like that she, she did she did not like it she could not wait to get get it off it freaked her out you know when she was wearing it it's okay but when you when i was watching it back in the day it, you didn't exactly notice it but now watching it on netflix with its i think 1080p upgrade or whatever they've done on it i think the makeup just stands out a bit for a bit more than it should do and it just distracts and it didn't look like so in some places when you see some of the actors and they moved slightly a bit too quick and the camera didn't the makeup look like if it was just slightly off that's why it just come across as weird when, when these these actors were aged up with mm. the makeup yeah. interesting like i didn't the gates mcfadden's didn't jump out at me like and there were points where i was like riker's old makeup like they, they really went full town on him like full proper full town on him um, whereas lots of the rest of them just kind of like Georgie lost his visor they might have given him a little padding maybe like it was they fairly kind of low key like, they made know. Riker look about 15 years older than Picard though that was the weird thing <laughs> yeah they really did I, like I, Gates McFadden has aged incredibly well possibly because she was so freaked out by this that she's taken maybe steps. yeah um, but yeah I didn't think it was unreasonable for like 25 years worth of ageing and yeah I was just going to say, I was going to sort of pick up on that because having sort of seen her in real life, um, <gasps> Gates looks really, really, really good. She's one of the most put together people I've ever seen. Um, I think it was Wilson Cruz, uh, it was a definition Star Trek, described it as the chicest woman he'd ever met. And he is completely right. Like when you, she's just, she's just someone who was just turned out. Uh, I don't know how else to kind of quantify that, but like she just looks great. Wilson, and Wilson Cruz is very well put together as well. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, so when you, when you meant by put together, you now mean like... And no, I just mean... It's not... Uh, put, themsel put themselves, you know, together really well. Cut job or no, something. No, like. not like out like that, no. John? I, I thought that the USS Pastor looked awesome. And I the did the bullshit. Yeah. I got a feeling of... Um, uh, have you watched Blake 7? Yes. The, the ship on that. I got that very much that vibe from it. I loved it. And I loved the fact that the, the it all looked different and... The bridge was in the, like they spent a bit of money doing a new set for that one, and so it looked amazing. Yeah, it was it really did, cool. It did come off really well. I loved it. I loved it suddenly when there's three enterprises. That fucking, I was like, yes, because the enterprise looks great in in this as well. Uh, it, the uh, USS Pasta, I just felt a bit sorry for Beverly. Pasta. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was, it was is that what we call it? It's pasta. Like as the person who invented like medically stuff. USS Linguini. You know what you're talking about. USS Spaghetti, lasagna, whatever you call it. I but anyway, one of those is going to appear in Lord X at some point. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the uh, but. I felt sorry for uh, Beverly there. She, uh, I don't know how long she's had that command. And Picard's only been on there for about 
12 hours, 14 hours or something, and the ship gets destroyed. So can we can we have a conversation about the fact that like somebody who had was she not like head of Starfleet Starfleet Medical in like season two of TNG? Like so she has an incredible career of her own chooses to like change her name so she then also becomes like the second Captain Picard I feel like that is a slightly odd choice that was only really made for the comedy moment when somebody went Captain Picard and they both turned around and went yes like probably yeah it feels like an odd choice and it's quite nice it's I'm quite fine with that yeah, yeah that, se- <laughs> that sexual tension's been growing for seven years pretty much yeah it, well, and then so. they cheated us out of any actual sight of it because we went from a kiss to a divorce oh yeah to, like no. Amazing. No, that's not amazing. That's really unsatisfying. Uh, Andrea. Is it because they wanted that little Picard line, but also because Captain Crusher sounds like some kind of like milkshake brand? Like it doesn't sound good, does it? Like Captain Crusher sounds like some kind of marketing boy. Captain Crusher sounds ace, actually, yeah. I've never thought about that until I started watching, uh, I've been doing the uh, the Star Trek episodes with you guys, and I thought Crusher just seems sort of of a weird name. But the fact uh, you've got that kiss, I cannot remember Picard and Beverly kissing when I first saw this round, and I can't remember them in this last episode, them being married, because you don't see anything follow on in the movies. No, it's, no, it's just well, a different it's timeline. Just different it? timeline isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. it's still when the it's in the present when Picard. Kiss is, the kiss yeah. is the right timeline. Yeah, Picard Ca- and Beverly kiss in the present. In Picard, is is Beverly his uh, ex-wife? I don't know. Doesn't she, no, I she, imagine does she, she's I, not. I think she gets mentioned, but Captain Crush is a great name for a D&D character. Andrea? Is it an odd choice that she's not come back for sort of series two of Picard or been out as far as I'm aware, she's not been invited to be in the show? Um, and I've got some friends who are like like massive, like gate stands who are like devastated because it makes like a lot of sense. And I certainly don't think it's because she's not willing to do it. Um yeah, you just well, like, even if it's like a cameo, like like where they're kind of going with that. Well, the, well, the doc- I would I would, he- I would hesitate for them to fall into the trap of just bringing people all the people back that you knew from thing for the sake of it. Because I think mm-hmm. some shows that do that. Uh, well, why? Because it just seems like a little bit too much fan like if if they'd had the kind of team up that we saw here in season one of Picard, it would have been too much. Like I'm you know, happy for them. Not Data to be and Jordy and however and Worf and Riker and Beverly all in season one, it would have been too much. There was a there was a great opportunity though to just bring about for a cameo, and that was when that doctor in the first episode with that doctor <laughs> telling Picard about his disease because she'd have had history of it. And I thought that would have been a great place for her, and not they just have, They must been. have an idea though. Like yeah. they can't just be like not doing it for the sake of not doing I reckon. it. Sucky. The thing, we're all talking about people coming back, but the one person that was really missing from this episode was Will Wheaton. No! Right. Guinan! Why wasn't he? And Guinan as Guinan well. as well, yeah. Guinan as well, but Will Wheaton was like, for five years, he was part of the show, he was the main cat, and then he left. Right, why didn't they have a, like a slight cameo with him at the beginning of the spell? Well, didn't he in disappear the, off to be a traveller person? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he sort of like, right. he just, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Will Wheaton was a huge Star Trek fan, and he's a right nerd, isn't he, and all that. So I'd be surprised if he didn't, if it was him not wanting to come back. But you don't know where people are at, at the time, do you? I suppose. Um, well, for the one, for the time when they go back to the uh, first episode thing, 
I would have loved to have seen him running on with his fucking shit jumpers. Again, <laughs> I think he might have grown up a little bit in the interim. And I think he might have grown up a bit. In, in but the they, could, time, they could have, yeah. they could have composited something together, maybe. Like you could have oh, seen God. him frolicking what? behind Will. The, the amount, of, the amount of criticism they get just for doing old makeup. You can't try and composite <laughs> stuff together. No, I know, but like the stuff they had of um, Riker saying understood. Is that not actually like footage from him standing on the holodeck and see like in episode mm. one? Yeah, yeah, so because, like, yeah, yeah, because he's, he's he's a lot bigger. You know, we all get. Well, he's got a beard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah, I understand why they did it, but that's what I mean. Like, was he not like on the holodeck with Will? Well, with, possibly, uh, the, possibly. Yeah, with them. Um, yeah, possibly. Does, he, he, does he, he not got, fall into the river? Oh Will. yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, We're, but that, that's, so that's not so a cameo. So it's Beverly, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a look, it's a flashback in it. But he has a beard to give him definition of chin, like I do. That's why what? he has a beard. Well, wasn't that episodes. that scene of him being on the hard deck? Was that on the actual ship, or was that on a starbase before he oh, got? It was on Farsk. It was on Farscape. Farscape. Farpoint. Farpoint. Farpoint, which is like the least descriptive name for a station. It's just far away, like Farpoint. It's like Farpoint away. I get carking back though, isn't it, to the first episode mm, again? Mid- midway. We wouldn't use that sort of stuff. <laughs> Half halfway point. Uh, right, quick fire, quick fire. I'm going to come around you so I'll get the rest of your notes. Uh, I'll come to you first, Andrea. Um, shout out for Picard's pyjamas. Um, yet another episode where he's running around in his jimmies. Um, Bare feet. I feel, I feel like this must have happened more in, in, in TNG than I remember, because um, it does seem to be a, th- a theme. Um, I also thought, thought at the beginning of the episode, like I remember watching this as a kid and thinking Patrick Stewart was quite old. And then I'm looking at him now thinking, shit, he looks so fucking young. Like, it's frightening to me. He wants uh, to get he wants to get his slippers on though. Like the the carpets on the Enterprise must be fucking squeaky clean. Because in my house, there's bits of love at fly. I have to wear slippers otherwise I get indentations on my mucky feet. <laughs> so they must have a, must have a great cleaner on Enterprise. <laughs> uh, Andrea, sorry, I digress. All right. Um, I'm just I'm watching those kind of they've obviously reshot some scenes like where he gives the kind of speech in the the sort of deck area and stuff like that. I wonder how odd that was for them as a cast to to kind of go back to that and like look because obviously they've looked at footage to make sure everyone's in this, the right place and all the rest of it. Like it must have felt like oh my god, like seven years later we're kind of doing the same thing. And um, that must have been quite a, a straight a sort of an actor. That must have been like thinking shit. Like what have I just spent the last seven years doing nothing? Because I'm like back where I was. And the old <laughs> and them old uncomfy costumes, Lindsay. Yeah, they're getting paid an awful of the lot. Old they're fine. Yes, they're getting paid a lot of money. That's a good point, John. Well, no, but like oh, so, so I was just going to say, like in regards to the old uncomfy costumes. Like, I know that there's a lot of chat about how unflattering the Discovery uniforms are. I was like, I feel like nobody's ever watched, like, early TNG, because those things, like, they're not not forgiving on absolutely anybody. And they hired a lot of very attractive people. It was a timely reminder. Andrea, Um, sorry, uh, uh, Andrea, yes, quick fire, quick um, fire. I thought like it was a bit of a like shithouses trick, tri- like trick the way Picard manipulates Worf. But then also Worf knows he's doing it and just goes, yeah, all right then. Yeah, all right. But I'm just gonna like play along anyway. So like old kind of cards, like kind of like is quite cranky in that timeline. I thought and like like quite sort of cantankerous. Um, Riker turning up to save the day in a ship seems to have become a theme, um, almost to the point where it's become a <laughs> Um 
even in lower even in lower decks isn't it he does that as well yeah yeah like it is yeah breaker rocks up in his ship at the end and sort of sorts everything out that seems to be like um pretty much like common fodder um i think I've written, oh. I've written mm, gloves quite a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like distracted at this point. Red leather um, gloves. I've mentioned the Cockney tea wifey. Um, I think it was oh, the Daystrom Institute gets name-checked. Um, that gets name-checked quite more yeah. realised, I think, in TNG, um, as it becomes kind of quite an important plot point in, in Picard. I think I've kind of just become aware of how often it's mentioned. Um, but I'm 99% sure that's on Earth. But Geordie then claims that they live on Rigel 3 or something. I'm thinking, that's a fucking dedicated commute, that. <laughs> like, virtual. Uh, it's all virtual these days. Yeah. So, <laughs> in, the, in the year 2020, working everyone... From home. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, working from home. That's where it all started. <laughs> Is that you done, Andrea? I think that's me... Um, having made all of me, me, me sensible and less sensible comments. Lovely, thank you very much. Okay, let's get your final comments. Um. Yeah. Uh, like a, like Romulan... a sprung tiger, ready to go. I love it. It's okay. <laughs> the Romulan uh, commander that you see on screen is that Andreas Katsulas, right? Who's um, who used to be? Uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he was of Babylon Five under Loud's makeup. He's one of the main regular casting there. Oh, um, is he like the reptilian one? Yeah. Ah. Right. So I recognised his name in the uh, the credits, and I thought, then I realised who he was. Um, what was there? Oh, he actually watches the credits. I've, I've never watched any it. credits ever. Loves it, doesn't he? It was at the it. beginning, though. What you say is you're watching the episode, you see who's uh, popping uh, up. Fountain of, fountain of knowledge, isn't he? Love it. Uh, the, there's two days worth of memories that uh, Picard gets. He just reminded me of the episode of The Inner Light where he gained a whole lifetime's worth of memories and uh, didn't lose. Uh, Starfleet in the future gets uh, cloud technology which was a, a nice thing I thought mm. um, why doesn't Worf put up more of a, a protest when he sees Enterprise start attacking his own uh, the, uh, the Klingon ships why didn't he say please stop or do not destroy them but it, he just sees Riker going all gungo happy yeah. well, Andrea, Andrea might have a... I was just going to say Starfleet gets cloak technology in DS9 though doesn't it so Yes, it does. Yeah, and yeah, they that's do. That's probably at a similar point, kind of, oh, to realise to... Am I being a stat or now? Sure. No. <laughs> Very informative, Andrea. The, uh, the, the, the fact that the anomalies are going larger in the past, right, why doesn't Picard, even though Picard is travelling through all the timelines, why doesn't he realise that the, the anomalies are going large, getting larger in the past? And when he, when he comes to the future and he doesn't see, he must realise... Mind you, if he is he at all... He does in the end, doesn't he? He does in the end, but... All right, cool. Answered your own question, love it. Yeah, but <laughs> why doesn't he realise it straight away? Because sometimes we enjoy finding it out first. There you go, that's yeah. OK. What was, what's the maximum speed uh, What did the ship's going? Ten. Yeah, it can't go, can't go past warp 10 because it goes into something else then. And then you turn you into turn, a lizard. Yeah, you turn to lizards and, and have sex with Captain Janeway or something. <laughs> I can't remember the technicalities. <laughs> I don't know that that's compulsory, but you do turn into oh, like not? Okay. super oh, evolved not. beings. <laughs> that's right, that yeah. look a lot like lizards. That's right. It's okay. The, um, 
I do the, the scene at the end, the Palka t- Palka plane, all scene that is just really just brings a warm glow. It's just yeah. nostalgia. It's just fantastic. It just brings the whole crew together. And the way they ended as well, you're always welcome. Sky's the limit. And then, and then this carry on playing poker between themselves. I think that's a great way to end the series. And yeah. they did go straight on to start filming Generations while this was being shot. So they, after the, they, I think they must have had a, a few weeks break and then went straight into Generations because Generations appeared a few months later at the end of the year, 94. The, the, they were saying the cast that it didn't feel like a finale because they were already a pretty much going on to make the you know make the film generation so it wasn't like an emotional bye-bye uh, it was just like right okay off we go and do this next thing you know so and i think fundamentally it this is because of that it doesn't have to do a lot of what we want finales to normally do but they never it, do the not- thing is finales never do I don't think they ever do. You know, I mean, finales is in, this is the last episode of all of this television you've watched. I can't think of one that, you, that you're that completely satisfied with first time, maybe. But what going back and watch this now, I am, Andrea. Last episode of Life on Mars, the last episode of Ashes. Uh, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Line of Duty, I quite liked some, but that was critiqued by many. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, anyway, Sucky, sorry. That's me, dude. Cool. Uh, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, let's empty this tank of yours. Okay, I have stuff. Um, I'm just going to say it, the TNG theme is excellent. Um, I, like, is there a Star Trek finale that doesn't involve time travel? Does DS9's finale involve time travel? I'm uh, not sure. It's really trippy, DS9. It's all about the going the yeah, spir- spiritual side. There's like weird stuff. stuff, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so I think, but like as a concept that I think really works nicely for a, a finale. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again. Um, guest stars often, like like the, the guest star like um, credit, like I don't know if it was commonly known that John Delancey was going to be in this episode, but there his little name was, like right at the start, giving it away. Yeah. Um, Picard's dressing gown game, as well as his pyjama game, is super strong. Loving it. It's a good look on him. Um, at least like, Dan. Like Arthur, he's like Arthur Dent, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's he's got rocking the Arthur Dent. I'm loving it. Sorry. Going then. for an adventure in his, his in his dressing room. Oh, comfy yeah. though, isn't it? Um. So at least Diana considers the chance that it could be a dream. She's like, mm, Have you considered you might just be dreaming? Um, and all the way through this, I kept kept being struck with this, like in a world where so much is possible that we don't understand like it must genuinely be really hard to establish if somebody really is delusional because yeah. like pretty much every time we see this happen in star trek like everybody is like oh are you okay maybe we should run some tests and then it turns out that there is in fact some alien influence or they are in fact traveling through time or there's like this weird thing happening and um, so like we don't really see anybody who genuinely is delusional and thinks mm. that those things are happening but it's actually not and you know it's an interesting one challenge yeah. Um, so the pacing I wrote at the start the pacing feels really gentle it felt just like you know particularly like when um, Geordie and Picard were like in the vineyard it just all felt really natural and really kind of like there was no like impetus or anything I did struggle a little bit later on I was a bit kind of like I feel like we should maybe be cranking it up a little bit Um, but maybe that's just the nature of the fact that it was like an extended episode I thought that's one thing I did think the, 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 the pacing I liked the pacing um, yeah, it felt movie-like, didn't it? Yeah, and and it was the the, the three ti- time zones I'm going to call them as well. Like, I, you know, I didn't 
whatever peril to it uh, and tension. I thought it was great pacing and yeah, well, well structured. Mm. Um, Worf is all about tactical, even when he isn't in tactical. Like I can't remember what it was he was doing before he was in tactical, but like all he cares about is tactical. Because <laughs> he's a warrior, warrior. Yeah. So why did he end up with the command stream in the first instance? Me, who knows? Um, Picard has a really excellent memory. He pulls out like, oh, I know what's wrong with the engines that's stopping us from reaching warp nine to get to Farpoint Station because it happened like seven years ago. And despite the fact I'm not an engineer, I remember exactly how to fix that problem. That's why he's a captain. That's why he's a captain. Yeah. It's always going to be memorable, his first trip out on the Enterprise. It was, yeah. First trip, wasn't it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. first time is always memorable. I'm going to tell that to anybody who's like, first car ever broke down. Can you remember the mechanical repair that was required to fix it? It's not the same thing. Uh, Of course it is. I got drunk and crashed totally it not. I'm not an expert on ships he's not an expert on ship, ship mechanics he's, yes he is he's, a, he's the captain he has to know everything that you should know Janeway fixed much of the vulnerability yeah, but Janeway was a scientist and an engineer Picard is right. like not he's all the, all the it's all things to all men <laughs> he's not a scientist he would never claim to be a scientist oh, wow he's just capable of doing it so stop picking on him Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> like, like, fuck you! <laughs> so I didn't remember this episode particularly well. So at one point, I've written that, oh, they're really playing into the Beverly Picard feels. And then I wrote feels and kisses. Because um, I was Lynn, excited by this. Insight into the mind of Lindsay. Feels. I love a feel. Um, and then I have like a bracket thing we've already talked about about time travel. Um, yeah, right. So, extreme case of it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, Starfleet is very much still like a. Uh, um, an old boys network of who have I worked with who can lend me a starship so I can go into what used to be the neutral zone. Um, oh, and I love the bit where um, Beverly is trying to get him to go and get some rest when they eventually arrive at the pasteur and he's like, meh, 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 I'm not an invalid, you shouldn't treat me like an invalid and now I'm going to go to bed. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was, uh... that was good. Uh, did we get to see Guinan? I wrote in big capital letters mm. with a bubble around it. The answer was no. I feel that was a mistake. Presumably, hopefully, it was a scheduling thing because otherwise it they must, went to Tampa. It must because I mean, Whoopi Goldberg was a huge star. You know, well, she's a huge star, but huge star back then. So I imagine it would be stuff like that because you'd want, you know, Guinan being such a pivotal character, especially with Picard in this finale, with, you know, the Picard finale, really. Uh, sorry, um, and you know she's also one third of the three women who really speak so you know um, so the issue with Q the trickster I like I it is a difficult balance for them they play like Q the trickster versus Q the threat um, and while I agree that he definitely becomes more of a joke at various stages I think it's really easy to say that happens in Voyager but it clearly happens in TNG too I did um, say that I did say that um, it's fine, um, but he, there is always the threat to it. And like at the end, I've written, he's like, so it's, it's a, like cue the judge, cue the merciful question mark, and then I've just written cue the voyeur because he's like, I'm going to be watching you <laughs> for here or ever, and just it's all right Cue will see everything, won't he? Everything. Uh, it's like that phase you go through as a child when you realise that if God's watching you everywhere, <laughs> then that's kind of creepy. Actually, um, I used to show off to God. Uh, if, if that was the case. I'm sure he was well impressed. I'm sure he was. I'm sure I used he to be, was. I used to be very flexible, John, when I was younger. Very good at gymnastics. 
Carry uh, on, Lindsay. No, no, it's fine. I've written some guff about uh, the conundrum of known predestination. So, like, this idea of, like, do I act and cause the problem or do I not act and therefore cause the problem? Um, which is a really interesting one and it comes back time and again for a while. Um, Crusher has apparently stolen the engaged thing too because she literally was like on her seat with her hand out ready to go, eh. and then she's like, no, wait a minute, you do it. And I'm like, oh, she could have had her own little thing. Um, I've also written, now Troy has something to say, presumably from, I think, the original timeline when she's like, mm, Captain, I'm not entirely sure your crew are really comfortable with these orders you're giving them. Um, but he was obviously giving off really odd vibes, right, from the moment he stepped yeah, on. Yeah, it was board. cool. So I'm not sure why she didn't call him out on it, like, quite early on. It was cool, though. It was really cool. I loved the way he played that. I've said that often. So. Lindsay, yeah, yeah. can I ask you a question? Do you watch the episodes once and write all these notes while you watch yes. it? That is incredible. And this week, they're in multicolours. That's yeah. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, na, 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 na. Da, 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 thinky, I know this thinky. is my thinking music. Thinking music. Uh, I've got anti-time written down a lot. Um, the attack on the pastor looks really dodge. Um, like when the the Klingon warbirds uncloak, and it all looks very modelly. But that's probably because it was very modelly. Um, I thought that was cool. I love, yeah, like, love a, I love a model shot, like a kind of obvious model shot. It's great. Yeah, like it's fine. It just looks like models. Like I'm, I'm, into, not... I'm into my airfix art, so I love that kind of thing. It's okay. The, the model shots that you see in here, is this, this ain't like a remaster stuff that you saw, because I was watching on the Netflix. Is that the original or is it like a, a remastered th- stuff? I don't think it is the, I don't think the one on Netflix does all that brand new CGI stuff, but on the even on the CGI one, I think it, I did think, oh, they're nice models, but I could just have yeah. been not watching it properly, which is highly likely. Um, I think it's really interesting that there is no continuity between who likes Mams or Captain, because uh, Captain Crusher slash Picard is uh, Sir. Captain Crusher. Captain Crusher slash Picard is is Sir, um, and that doesn't hold sway with not of all the captains at that time. Um, when they there ask Worf to surrender on their behalf, I thought I was like one like don't make the clue on surrender. That's not really like in his like remit as a Klingon and you do have a universal translator like yeah, it's not that hard try, yeah. <laughs> like why make I feel like asking Worf to do it is just cruel and unusual um, there is a classic red shirt death the only person who dies in this episode is like uh, yeah, the yeah, random yeah. red shirt on the bridge of the pastor um, like Picard does sound pretty unhinged oh, and, like he's and not the, doing the, himself any favours the baby died too obviously oh and oh, the other oh, baby oh, <laughs> Just making a big for red shirt. Yeah, no, no, you're no, you're correct. You are, you are correct. The unborn child is also. <laughs> well, did they die or did they just like like be unwound? Like it's all complicated. Um, I've written down the time warp. Not really sure why. Let's um, do. I saw that on your tweet. I was wondering where's the time warp. I've got no oh, idea. When I, re- when I was reading your picture. Um, I've also written tachyons through time, which I think is one of my greater kind of concepts, but I'm not really sure what it means. I've also written these, post-art. Are, these are the notes for Mad Woman. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a big rant about they killed off fifty percent of the women. Um, We've done that. Yeah, I know, which is why I'm moving past it. Um, it is a classic space-time paradox, which I wrote down just before I said, oh, it's a space-time paradox. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, the, an anti-time eruption is the most extreme techno babble I think I've ever heard, though. Um, Amazing. Oh, he's jumping around very conveniently through time. Um, very conveniently. Yes. Yeah. Is that, that, is that, that's Q, they're doing that, isn't he? 
popping them around. Yes, it yeah. must be. Um, the fact that Data it does accept Picard's like. Uh, after he gives his like emotional speech, the fact that Data, who has consistently interrupted him at every opportunity up until that point, just goes, "All right, okay," and gets on with stuff. I think it's quite interesting. Um, yeah, and then that, I wrote lots that, oh, of nice things about the bit at the end, which lovely. Was pretty much all covered. Is that the tank empty there, Lindsay? It is. Although I have also written, "Here come the boys." I'm not really <laughs> sure why. Okay. We'll, we'll call that tank empty. Thank you, Lindsay. John, let's get your final Holy comment, please. Holy shit. If you think there's any way in the earth that I've got anything left that hasn't already been covered. <laughs> right. Sorry. Oh, my, only, my, only things, my only things are... Uh, I saw a lot of connectivity with Picard, uh, Wolf being a governor of a Klingon place, and the, the conflict between Riker and Worf, I thought, was uh, interesting. Oh. And I like that they made up, kind of, in a manly way. Yeah. Without actually making up. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, Warp 13's a lot of bullshit. Techno Babble up to 11. Uh, 1 to 10 is okay. Sorry? Warp 1 to 10 is okay, but Warp 13 is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, 9.9999 recurring. That's well, then, canonically, is bullshit, is what I'm saying. Um, the, uh, The situation where... Uh, Picard runs into ten forward in his jammies, and uh, and and it's really frustrating watching. And TV does it deliberately to annoy you, where they say, "No, you just go back to bed. You're insane. You're mad." And and Data came in at just the right time to stop me going. Oh, fucking let him speak! <laughs> and it was good. I like that bit. The actual uh, Picard joining the poker game actually welled up it was nice yeah and i think that in the context of watching picard it makes it even more so yeah so, definitely yeah definitely. So that's me that's my that's my six pen i think I, I, lovely thanks John. i think i think we've got i've got a theory about this warp 13 it's a bit like spinal tap you know where he writes an extra number on so the amp goes up to 11. Just, so you reckon it's actually actually nine point something? Yeah, but you yeah. Just call it thirteen. <laughs> no, they're just written thirteen in biro on the on the space um, accelerator. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, this, this one goes to thirteen, doesn't it? <laughs> Starfleet Engineering have just decided it's like a non-linear scale. They just so that it what what historically would have been like nine point nine eight becomes nine point becomes like warp ten and what would be nine point nine nine becomes warp eleven. It is a a logarithmic scale. Am I wrong in that one? No, I I think I think you're right. You've lost me. You've lost me. Uh, There's a reason why you can't get up past ten is what we're trying to say. Wow. Well this one goes Phrasing. This one goes to eleven. Talking of numbers, let's put some lights on this. How many lights you see? I asked how many lights you see. Lights out of five. Give me your lights. I'll come to you first, Lucky. How many lights do you see? It's five. It's always going to be Go five on. because this, as says, just nostalgia-filled. It's glorious end to a great series. And, yeah, just five out of five. Lovely. Positive. Love it. Andrea? I'm going to give it four and a half because <gasps> it's the best episode of Next Generation, but I think it's a bloody good one. Perfect, brilliant. Uh, Lindsay? I think I'm going to go like three and a half. Well, it's, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's okay. A, like, it's fine. Score, like, it's it? not an yeah. episode that I would search out to watch again, I don't think. Like, in a hurry. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Uh, John? 
Yeah, likewise, I wouldn't watch it again, but only because I've just watched it recently. And I think in terms <laughs> of the context of TNG, uh, it should be a five. And I'm going to make it a five just to combat the three and a half. Yes, John. Is that the first five you've ever given? I think it is. No, it is actually. I don't like yeah. doing it. It feels wrong. It feels wrong, but I'm doing it. Uh, well, I'm going to join anyone that's given it a five because I loved it. And, and do you know what? I'd probably given it about a three, three and a half first time I watched it after that massive adventure I went on watching uh, The Next Generation. It felt like a bit of a, oh. But I loved it. Loved it. I think it's perfect um, for a finale. Do you me, think it would have been a, would it would it have been a five for you if you hadn't watched Picard and had that content? And I think I was good. I, actually to be fair, that's probably why I've enjoyed it. Like just I just loved it today watching it, um, and I did have Picard in my head. Um, mm. So definitely, it's definitely added something to it. But yeah, definitely a five. Definitely a five. But I, I give everything a five apparently. Um, well, it's not apparently. I do. Uh, anyway, enough of what we think. Let's find out what you think in listeners' feedback. Well, you've heard what we think. It's time to find out what you think in listeners' feedback. I'm going to come to you first, Sucky, please. Uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I haven't got it. Brilliant. Like a fucking sprung tiger yet again, isn't he? I, hey, look, just ready to go. This is this is the whole thing. I'm, I'm not editing up. this. I, this is for the don't, listeners to show. Don't take what it. No, you, you might be the fucking idiot. Don't. It's not hard. Oh, not hard. Man. Uh, listeners' feedback, Sucky. Right, uh, David Paul Morgan, and he's put a wonderful, whimsical end to a superb incarnation of Trek. All the characters had their moments. All the characters had their moments. A perfect bookend to a character at Far Point. Clearly a Q fantasy, so we don't have to bother about canon too much. The highlight for me is the poker game scene at the end, and we get and we get Deanna saying, "You're always welcome." Family, friends, and engaging stories, not just special effects. Or warp nacelles out of five. Thank you very much, David. Cheers, David. Uh, Lindsay. Yeah, so I've got uh, Jack McMorrow. All good things. Uh, first of all, this, or sorry, first of all, uh, on the classic show, the randomizer is a fucking mint piece of kit. True. <laughs> um, one day it'll give us a crap episode to review like DS9's Move Along Home or TNG's Shades of Grey. I feel like we've just cursed ourselves now. Um, but your show's great, so it'll still be fun. Thank oh, you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Um, warning, long review, um, but this episode has a lot of meat on the bone. Um, yeah. If you told me in 1994 that Sir Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, John Delancey and Brent Spiner, um, he's only famous for bumping into me at a hotel at DST Birmingham in oh 2019, um, would all be in Star Trek 27 years later, I'd think you're shatting shit. Um, but they really are, well, most of them. Pulaski gets a mention in Voyager's Endgame and Christ knows about Worf and the Crushers and, and deserve to be. Um, I'm not exactly an expert on the non-Trek roles of the regular players, but I'm prepared to bet my DST 2021 tickets that based on this episode, they were all born to be these characters. The first two seasons weren't exactly great or sometimes even watchable, but all good things positively wallows in the encounter at Farpoint timeline and makes it actually quite good. That's a miracle work right there. Seeing this look at where our characters are in the future is fun. Ultimately, I'm glad they got the futures they have now, but for an episode, it's not so bad. 
Also, when I'm old, I'm sure shit going to have data quarter silver hair. I love it. Um, 5.9, saruthing people without warning yeah. out of five. Oh, wow. Lovely. Loves it, doesn't he? Cheers, Jack. Uh, John. Uh, Dave from Doctor Who Show, uh, at David underscore kitchen underscore, says, watching it, watching it now, it does feel a little shallow and indulgent, but I remember seeing it at the time, and all the set pieces and fan wank moments blew us away and we loved it. A really good finale. Yes, David? Thanks, Dave. Uh, Andrea? So we've got Shep's Deep Dive. Um, so finale and most series can either fall a bit flat and rushed like Voyager did or have your mind blown as if you dropped an E like DS9 did. <laughs> TNG, though, I felt ticked a lot of the right boxes. Bringing Q back was a must for the fans, but I felt it was a bit too much of a Picard show. I wanted more of the team, but then again, it was my first Trek series, which I watched with me, me bro and dad every week. And when it was ending, me of also knew our TV watch was ending too, as we didn't continue to watch Voyager together or DS9. So all in all, four out of five like fun Nice one. Cheers, Chef. That nearly was English as well. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to come back to you, Sucky, for this one. Yes, and this is my, my youngest daughter, and I'll give you context on this. I says I was going to be watching the episode today, and she come, she she says, okay, no worries. I started watching it half an hour in. She came and sat next to me with her food that she was eating, and she watched the whole episode, and then she, I said she was fan, She said it was brilliant. I says, leave your comments, and, and this is your com- her comments. Is, she, so this is, is l- she a Star Trek fan then? Does she, has she seen much before? or She's only seen the odd episode, maybe even mm. less than less than 10, 15 minutes of an episode when she's walked into the room oh, and then decided to walk out again. Brilliant. But this one, for some reason, she decided to sit there for the last hour and a bit. Ah, class. Right, so she's put, oh, MG, I really enjoyed the episode. It was really engaging because I just sat down to eat my lunch and ended up watching the rest of the episode. The plot was interesting and it kept good tension throughout the episode. And when the first ship blew up in the centre of the anomaly, I just thought they were dead. Basically a very memorable finale and I liked the Q character. He seemed cool. Cheers, my darling. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, trade... um Converting trekkies, Andrea. I'm going to come back to you for this one because of your posh, amazing foldy phone. I don't really, and also my lack of Twitter knowledge. I don't really understand how to read it out. So if you could do the honours, that'd be lovely, please. So I did see a very lovely story, um, top chat on Twitter, Andorian Soup. Um, so here's the thing: in 1994, I was 13. The Waterstones Books bookstore in Sutton High Street, South London, set up a projector screen and showed all good things as an indoor cinema event. Ooh. Hadn't even had season seven yet, unless you were a posh kid and had Sky TV. I wasn't. Anyway, it was definitely the first Star Trek event I attended. That was the day I bought Michael Bakula's Star Trek Encyclopedia and Star Trek The Next Generation Technical Manual. Okay, maybe my mum bought them, which stayed with me for so many years. But damn, what a day. Um, I just thought it was quite nice that like the, the kind of almost the UK premiere of this was like took place in a bookshop. Um, yeah, you know, that's fucking about, great. You think about the pomp and circumstances like the Picard premiere and stuff like that. And it was like, yeah, we're just going to show it a projector in the back of this bookshop. Oh, um, yeah, it was a really lovely story and he really did. Very, like very special. Nice memory. Love it. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for writing in uh, and continuing your feedback. Keep it coming. It's time to vote for this time's red shirt. I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Oh, f- red shirt time. 
red shirt time. I think it's quite obvious probably who John and Lindsay are going to vote for. I'm just putting it out there. So I'm going to come to Sucky first. Who are you voting as your red shirt for this episode, please? Who has been the worst host? Who has done something negatively bad to you, Sucky? The, the negatively bad thing is Lindsay because uh, <laughs> he's because of the low score. Now, which one? Which, which one are which you one is that? To? Which one? The dark-haired one. <laughs> All right. Right. Was because of the hot, the low score Lynn's gave to the uh, oh, the episode, wow. and I think it, no, I don't agree with that. So it's just because of that, nothing else, just because of that. Yeah, so yeah, a bit picky then, sucky this week. So we must have all been quite well behaved. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, who are you going to vote uh, for? Well, now I have choices because yeah, Sticky's been mean to have. me. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have to go with John because reasons. He's told me he's going to vote for me, so you know. Oh, so you just doing a preemptive? Okay, I'm getting pre- yeah, I'm getting my revenge in first. Wow. So we have got Lindsay on one, John on one, uh, Andrea. So never mind Andy time, I'm voting for old father time, which is sucky. Um, and the reason I'm going to do that is because he won't know if it was Lindria or Andy who did it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it's unbelievable, sucky. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you, Andrea. Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Uh, oh, so that's one for sucky, one for John and one for Lindsay. Uh, John. Uh, I'm not going to vote for Lindsay. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to vote it, for... I knew it. I knew it. No, I wasn't going to vote for Lindsay anyway. I don't know who said <laughs> that. I, I, I know I just said the throwaway thing I said before. Uh, no, Lindsay's done nothing wrong. She talked for an hour, but it's nothing wrong. Um, the <laughs> answer... <laughs> I'm getting my revenge in somehow, even if I'm not voting for you. Um, I'm going to vote for Sucky for disagreeing with Lindsay 3.5. Yeah. Stop trying to... Stop trying to uh, Influence people's scores. Yeah, bad. That's bad fair enough. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to vote right, for you. I'm going to vote for you, Sucky, for your amateur performance during this. Not being, not amateur being alert. performance during this episode or yeah. through all the whole run of Trek Oh yeah, yeah because true. that's yeah. all it's been. It's been very <laughs> amateurish all just, the way through. It's just stood out a lot this week. It's just stood out a lot this week, Sucky. He's like a sprung tiger, ready to go. You know, you're usually quite professional to a degree, and it's just not been there, Sucky. I think. When you keep springing all these surprises on me, it's you know sometimes pace, I do pace. need to have a rest. So I'll present, Sucky. It's our present. Quick fire, innit? Uh, Andrea, Andrea's got a piece to say. I'm just wondering, are we all suffering some kind of space sickness or is Bob? Because I think there must be a record for like, I really hasn't been nominated by Amazing. anybody. Amazing, innit? I've just, just been sat in mind of my own business talking about dwarves a little bit, that's all. Uh, ah, missed that one, didn't you? So how no, did I didn't miss it. I actively chose oh, not to engage with yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's great. Well done, Lindsay. Which Proud is why I'm going for Sucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sucky's dead. Andrea. Andrea, you you do one of your sick twisted deaths, please. Oh, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be cast back and he's gonna have to like form part of the goo that like starts like the human race. No. Space anomaly is gonna prevent it. So he's just gonna have to remain as goo for eternity. Oh space. I was about to say, because you do realise you just made Suki like our great 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 Lovely. It's time to find out what we're going to be reviewing next time. I'm going to go over to John, start crunching some numbers, crunching some keys, going to the ship's computer and random, randomly picking a story out of all the Star Trek, apart from the animated series. 
Now, remember, there are 706 episodes Fucking in this list. Wow. And I have legitimately pressed the random button every time we've got pretty decent episodes. We have. So here we go again. Ooh. TOS. Ooh, the originals. Oh. Uh, 114 Balance of Terror. Balance of Terror. Not a clue. So this is. First was... season of the original series. I will have I will have seen it. I will have seen it, but top of my head, I don't know. So yeah, next generation balance. I'm gonna stick my neck out and say it's problematic though. Why? I feel like I'm probably problem, seen that on before like we've even watched the episode. Like, <laughs> if it was made like today, it's probably under fire here. Well, yeah, well, we've got, yeah, original series. There you go, Ballots of Terror. Uh, so until next time, thank you very much indeed for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye, bye. bye.